Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Honestly, I haven't had that conversation as far as a lot of minutes. Um, I would like to think so. I don't know. Um, and either way, it's, it's what's best interest, not just for the team, but for myself, because I don't want to go out there and, you know, go out there full bore and then hurt it again. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it is the playoffs and you got to go out there and you got to compete and got to be ready. And I think my teammates understand that. My coaches understand that. I understand that. Uh, but just going out there and just doing, doing what I can, you know, I think the biggest thing is trying to see how I respond after practice today, next practice. And then when you get to game one, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, go time. Um, so I wouldn't, I haven't had that conversation to give you say, yeah, I'm ready to play 48. I mean, I feel like I'm ready to play 48, but at the end of the day, you gotta be smart as well. Uh, because you can go out there and, and re-injure it as well. We saw that happen with, um, a few guys can go out there and, and re-injure yourself and you don't want that either. Cause then you're out for an extended period of time as well. There Gordon, are you happy? You've been, uh, you've been so eager, actually a little anxious, Mind you, to get an update about Donovan Mitchell, we got an update. He practiced today. Um, he uh, spoke publicly, uh, indicated that the injury um, might have been a little bit more serious than uh, than uh, was led on, um, but uh, but is going to be back for the playoffs. I mean, yes, he good is. News. So now you go through that kind of tricky stage, and Donovan mentioned it there, where you're you're eager to get back, and I'm sure all the all the medical people are advising him and telling him what to do and what to avoid. But, you know, it's, it's like those early stages are a little bit frightening, I'm sure, for Donovan. How much How much can he work the ankle? Uh, should he go full bore? Should he back off? Or does that make it worse? Uh, and is there a, uh, a danger period early on uh, of, of re-injury? And, you know, obviously the Jazz, it's the last thing they want. Right. So, and they, it seems to me they've been cautious with this thing all the way through. I'm sure that will continue because, like we've talked about many times, the Jazz really don't stand a chance without him. So, so I do mean, you think he can turn the motor on completely? Because, uh, because that's what he plays. And isn't the cliche that if you back off a little bit, you're more likely to injure something? Isn't that what everyone always says? Uh, yeah, I have no idea if that's true or not. But what what is it that, uh, that Joe Ingles said yesterday? What was his quote? Uh, it's impossible to get into Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's head. I don't know. I would guess he hits the ground running, but yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Well, we'll see. So what would have been bad news is if he hadn't practiced, because then that would have meant he probably wouldn't play. So there you go. Well, yeah, and that's the luxury that this uh, this week off has given them. They're having some practice time, and they can, you know, work Donovan in, and uh, before you know the games really count. So that's uh, that certainly is good news. Well, just because he hasn't been practicing well with the team doesn't mean he hasn't been on the court working, you know. And uh, so, uh, so the, I'm sure he's been testing that ankle all along, and the doctors have been keeping a real close eye on it. Well, what's that? What was the other Joe Ingles quote from yesterday? Do you get rusty in your writing after a week off? <laughs> he didn't say it to me. No, but the, he did say that. It was good for a chuckle. Are you, after one of your many uh, sabbaticals, uh, able to just jump right back into the writing, or do you yeah. feel like you're rusty? No, not rusty at all. But, you know, uh, what I do for a living doesn't include a whole lot of strenuous activity. <laughs> No, it does a, not. No, that is true. It's a, <laughs> from a physical standpoint. 
All right. Well, we are also one step closer into finding out who exactly the Jazz are going to play. After last night's playing games in the Western Conference, the Grizzlies beat the Spurs 196. And in a really a, a thriller, the Lakers beat the Warriors 103 to 100. LeBron hit a big shot that ended up being Unbelievable the game shot. winner. Yeah. There's some theatrics in there, oh, LeBron style. He's such a drama guy. <laughs> he, is, he always has I mean, been. I, I know, I know, but he's such a big, strong guy. Yeah, I think maybe our expectations for him is that if he gets slapped in the face, he doesn't roll around on the court for the next uh, five or ten minutes. I just think, I don't, I don't know, because LeBron, I I think LeBron's kind of a performer, <laughs> and it's it is about the drama. Yeah, right. It is yeah. about the, you know, the the. I was seeing three baskets out there. It was it, it, it's, it's almost one. it's almost like he's he's acting for the documentary that's coming out <laughs> in ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You could hear the commentator say, you know, like, and LeBron, <laughs> LeBron was hit in the eye so hard he said he could. See three baskets, yet heroically. <laughs> he hit the middle one and game over. You know, it's just our it, hero. But he's always been he's always been that way. Yeah. He just, he's I always, mean, I didn't it, 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 uh, look, I don't like to to actually make fun of people when they get hurt on the court. But based on what we saw, I mean, it just it looked like a little much, you know, Laying it on a little thick, yeah. And then, and then <laughs> medic, bring me the, the eye drops. <laughs> so he's getting the eye treatment over there while his team. And that's, that's the and thing. And then is, he comes out and hits the game winner. It's just, you know, it, it all fits together. It does. Yeah, I mean, it. It's. It seems it, you don't want to laugh at somebody for being no, hurt. You really no, don't. But no. but he he does. And he lays it on so thick, and he is also the boy who cried wolf, because there are only so many times that you can go down and act like your career's over, <laughs> <laughs> only to get back up and hit the game-winning shot. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a tank heading down the road. And like a Yugo pulls in front of it and bumps into it for a minute, and the tank rolls over and st- <laughs> it's just no, it's just uh, so our expectation on top of the drama makes the drama that much more melodramatic. And it's it's just different. Like I, I mean, you know, Kobe's story ended like it did, so everything he did in his career is is going to be you know feel legendary or whatever but you remember when he uh tore his achilles tendon and still shot the free throws you know yeah it's just different different people handle that sort of thing differently i suppose but uh, it is it is theater drama uh, lebron is a drama queen he, he is he is he definitely is but man is he just a great player or he, what? he's unbelievable he, he hits a game winner that shot what he could take that shot 50 times. He'd probably make it three. I know. You, that's the shot you want him to take. Yeah. Yeah. You give him Off those. balance, fading to this right uh, from what, 26 feet? Pretty amazing. Yeah. And yeah. now uh, set, that sets up Friday's matchup between the Warriors and the Grizzlies, a game you and I both probably anticipate Golden State winning. I would imagine, but, you're not, but you know, yeah, you never know. I, mean, I thought San Antonio put up a better fight to uh, the Grizz than, than I thought it, uh, the Spurs would. 
So you're never quite sure in a one-game thing. No, you're never. Uh, but Golden State is playing pretty well yeah. uh, right now. So, uh, And I think the Jazz will uh, should beat the Warriors. They certainly would beat the, the Grizzlies, I would imagine. But I, I certainly would pick the Jazz in that uh, playoff matchup. Yeah, I would as well. But, again, uh, it's playoff basketball. And when you have a great player like Steph, you know, it's so interesting to watch the Lakers focus on Steph and do everything they can to take him out of the action, and yet he still finds a way. But it's almost as though you feel like Steph could make every shot, and you, f- you feel like he should take every shot. But On that team, he should take every shot. He's a human shot. being. He, can't, he just can't do that and uh, stay upright. So, yeah, I, it, was, it was kind of a weird twist of irony that it was LeBron who hit the fantastic uh, three-point shot to win the game instead of Steph, who uh, has made a living of that sort of thing. I just don't think that the Golden State Warriors have enough offensively to beat the Utah Jazz in a seven-game series. They just don't. I mean, Steph could score 50 a night. Where's that other 110, or excuse me, uh, 60 or 70 points coming from? Because they just don't have a whole lot of firepower. Well, you see, Steph, I mean, they had a lot of turnovers, too. I mean, those turnovers killed them. Just killed him. And Draymond is so, is, I mean, he's such a good player in so many ways. But he really, when, when, when the guys on the broadcast said he's a great decision maker, I almost fell out of my chair because he is, but he isn't. You know, he, 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 he makes a lot of mistakes. He, he does what Quinn Snyder says not to do, throw it where, they, where the, the guy isn't there. Yeah, and uh, a lot of mistakes last night for the for the Warriors, but uh, still a fantastic game, a game that could have gone either way, and I imagine most Jazz fans were rooting for the Lakers to win. That was still maybe my very favorite Quinn Snyder quote of all time. Yeah, don't throw that pass. There's a guy there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Uh, but Draymond does make a lot of plays too. It's it's that that old give and take, and they need him to have the ball in his hands a lot. Because they just don't have a lot of good players. Right. I mean, Golden State, they, they're just shorthanded. Well, I mean, how many times? And there were some good shots made last night by the supporting cast. But there were a lot of fantastic opportunities. As I'm watching that, I'm thinking, if Steph were on the Jazz, can you imagine what their shooting percentage from three would be? Because everybody would be crowding him, leaving everybody else wide open. Yep. He was six of nine from three last night, by the way. Should have taken 15 of them, right? That's uh, that's what uh, that's what Quinn Snyder would be telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. The the Warriors Grizzlies uh, will happen on uh, Friday, and then the winner of that game will take on the Utah Jazz in game number one on sa- uh, Sunday night. Tip off uh, will be at seven thirty. So much for your afternoon game, huh? I was hoping. And the Wednesday game, the following game, is at eight p.m. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the playoffs. Get get yeah. get ready for a lot of those. It just. You know, the, uh, I had this discussion with somebody. We don't need to get bogged down in this, but that the mountain time zone is the worst time zone for sports because you're out west, back west, whatever it is, out west. Another thing you've got into my brain where they want to put you on late, but you're not quite far enough west <laughs> where yeah. it's, uh, you know, anyway, especially for those college football games that start at 830. I mean, yeah. that, is, that, is, that should be criminal. And why are there three days between game one and game two? TV. Yeah, I know. Television. 
All right. Uh, today, uh, Gordon, uh, the Pac-12 announced uh, their financials. I saw that. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't need to get too into the weeds in, uh, on this, but I do think it is uh, it is interesting. Uh, they had a total revenue of five hundred and thirty four million dollars. Uh, their distributions were four hundred and three million, uh, representing an average of thirty three point six million dollars uh, per member university. The year on year increase in distributions. Uh, and uh, revenue is one and four percent, respectively. So they uh, they went up one percent, which I suppose is good given the circumstances. No kidding. Yeah. So uh, the there you go. Releasing the the financials up a little bit. It's still amazing when I see this that you know they make five hundred and thirty four million and only distribute four hundred and three. Well, you got to have a little sum for the effort, right? Well, I think uh, it, you would find a lot of that goes to the. <laughs> network that they're trying to prop up uh, ah okay and of course administrative costs and well, you know lord knows how much lair bear was putting in his pocket <laughs> under the table you know <laughs> who knows uh, uh but uh still the pac-12 um uh the pac-12 you look at that 33 million but still significantly behind uh other leagues when it comes to distribution not necessarily when it comes to revenue but when it comes to distribution and that of course uh brings us back to the crux of you know what um uh, uh turned out to be bad decision it was not to bring networks in as a partner yes. uh for the pac-12 network and everybody's well aware and that's why uh, there's a new commissioner a new sheriff in town well, I don't know if it was that reason entirely. Well, but yeah, I mean, there, yeah, that's the problem. There were many reasons. <laughs> I don't know if that was that was the uh, entire story, <laughs> uh, but uh, but nonetheless, uh, that's something that they're going to have to address going forward. I I I'm really fascinated to see um, what the new commissioner decides to do and how he parts from the ways that uh, the things have been done. Well. I think he has made a study already of what has gone wrong. And uh, they are going to be eagerly engaged in getting certain things fixed. Namely, starting with the network. With the network and getting doing what they can to prop up football in the conference. You've heard uh, George talk about uh, the expansion of the college football playoff. And obviously the Pac-12 would benefit from that. Yeah, that seems to be one of the things he really wants to advocate for. I just don't know mu- how much he could really do. Well, you know, uh, he's he's one of the powers that be in college football, so he'll he has a seat at the table. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like he's making the decision. I I would guess that most conference commissioners at this point would be in favor of it, right? Uh, well, it makes sense. Well, so so who's holding it up? Well, it's, uh, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. If there's money to be made for everyone, it, it, it's one of those mysteries because that's what motiv- usually motivates people. If it's good for football, it's good for the fans, it's good for the conferences, uh, it's good for the teams, it's good for the players, and you make money doing it, why the heck don't you do it? Well, you know, you don't want to further exploit those student athletes, do you? <laughs> the student athletes you, you want don't want to, to be exploited in, in as far as opportunity goes for them. So it's it's willful exploitation then. Well, I mean, it makes what they do more fun. 
<laughs> no, but at some point you actually, uh, to salvage a serious uh, thought here for a second, at some point you really do have to consider how many games you're assigning these athletes up for. Yeah. I think you do. I mean, if not for, I mean, health and safety reasons, if not anything else. You mean like academic reasons? Well, I think academic reasons are in there. It should be, right? I don't think a couple of extra games to crown a champion is going, anybody's really going to mind that. Well, you're not the one playing it. Uh, I know, but you asked the players, and they, I, they would I, all say, yeah, let's do it. Would they? I'll bet they would. You don't think so? Well, I don't know. You don't think but, player, but, players uh, in the Pac-12, if you put it to a vote, hey, fellas, we're going to expand the college football playoff, and we're going to include every conference champion, every Power Five conference champion. What do you say? Well, well and, and, and then the players say, well, let's see. When was the last time a Pac-12 team made it into the 14 playoff? Oh, yeah, it's been forever. Yeah, let's do it. I just think at what point do you start thinking uh, for – the athlete safety. Yeah, but it's uh, Jake. You were okay. We're talking about a handful of teams playing how many games? I mean, if you stick with a twelve-game schedule, then a conference championship—that's thirteen, and then three rounds of playoffs—is that what it would be? Well, I mean, they, now you're at sixteen games. Well, they can handle that. And it says you, and it's such a few number. The number is small. Okay. Few people are oh, so, so right. Okay, so you think that if you talk to a bunch of football players in the locker room, hey, fellas, you're going to have to work a couple extra weeks. But you have a shot at the championship. Do you do it? After all the effort and, and, and uh, significance they put into their game, their sport, they're going to agree to that in a heartbeat. Real quick. And be happy about it. And like it. So you're fine with volunteering players to, to play more games because it's a concept that you're in favor of. Put it to a vote And to that, them. that players are being exploited unless it's a concept that you're in favor of. Put it to a vote to them. Why? And let's see what happens. Let them have a say. What do you mean, why? I'm saying why. Because let them have a say. And I'll bet you they vote for it. Hmm. You don't think so? I don't think it matters. Well, I mean, if it did... And it should. They would vote for it. I'm almost positive of that. I'll bet you an incriminating uh, uh, audio on it. How would we resolve the answer to that question? I don't know. Are you, are you, too, are you turning that, into a pollster now? That's how sure I am. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What, what, I, I well, have them play 20 games. Who cares? No, that's different. Oh, so now that's too much. So now yeah. where, well, where's, the, draw, where, where's the line you, then? You've got to draw the line somewhere, Jake. So 16, fine, 20, not. 20 is a little much. So <laughs> where's this arbitrary line then? 18? How are you feeling about 17? <laughs> Ask the guys in the, in, the, in the FCS. They've been doing it for years. I know, but they play fewer regular season games. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, they would be for it. So? So, if they want to do it, yeah, do it. It's not like, it's not like a bunch of guys in the back room with, biz, with uh, Italian suits on. You're sitting around going, okay, how can we make more money? And the players will hate this, but let's do it anyway so we can make more money. No, the players want it too. 
Everybody wants it. The fans want it? I don't think I've ever heard one college football player advocate for a bigger playoff. I bet you they would. I, I mean, they want opportunity. That's what they want. They get plenty of opportunity. No, they don't. What do you mean, no, they it's, don't? It's limited to four teams. Yeah. All right, we'll have uh, more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.